Hi, friends. Before we jump in, two quick things. First, we just wanted to say thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the show, for sharing it with your friends, and for sending us notes of encouragement, letting us know that the show is resonating with you. They mean the world to us. And related to that, would you take a moment, if you haven't already, and go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and a review? The ratings and the reviews are one of the best ways to help new women find this show and know that it's worth a listen. So thanks in advance for your support. Now let's get started. Every once in a while, there is a psychology-based buzzword that becomes part of our popular culture and eventually loses all meaning. Right now, that word is boundaries. What in the world does that even mean? Let's talk about it. You're listening to Honest Women, the podcast for every woman who's trying to juggle the relationships, roles, and responsibilities that come with modern womanhood and finding it all just a little harder than she thought it would be. We're your hosts, Andrea Berkeley and Jessica Hutchison, your new besties who just happen to be therapists. And while we believe that life is hard and there's no tip or trick that will solve that, it does get just a little bit easier when we can be real with each other and talk about it honestly. You're listening to Honest Women. Hello, Jess. Hello. Hello. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. All right. I think I'm well. Yeah. I think. We're going to get into a topic that comes up all the time, partly because it's such a part of our culture right now. It's the newest in a long line of psychology buzzwords that are really important and meaningful topics that people need to learn about and we need to implement in our lives. And then they become so popular that they become like meaningless. Totally meaningless. The last one I think of before this one was self-care. Oh, gosh. Taking care of yourself is so important. It makes me almost mad when one of these terms becomes part of popular culture, then it gets put into a meme, and that meme may or may not capture the whole thing. And then there's just all of this like buzz surrounding it, and we lose the point. The actual topic, the actual thing is really meaningful, and it's something that we do need to be able to implement into our lives. Well, and the definition of the term gets lost. It turns into whatever that meme is or Mm -hmm. whatever Joe Schmo like Mm -hmm. ends up saying it means versus Mm -hmm. what is actually the true meaning of it. Why is it important? Right. Exactly. It loses all the meaning. And the reason that I got to be a big deal and ubiquitous in the first place is that it's important. So it's like, ah, this is one of these things that makes me crazy as a counselor because (laughs) people come in, they want to talk about it, but they don't understand it. And maybe they're getting pushed back socially or culturally, and the whole thing gets lost. So right now, that word is boundaries. Boundaries. We hear about this literally everywhere, all the time. Everywhere. And part of that is because some really smart psychology-based people are talking about it all the time. One of those that I think of right now is Nedra Glover-Tawab, who really has created an Instagram presence all around this. Almost 2 million followers now. She pops up in my feed every single day. She's so much cooler than me, by the way. 2 million followers. Wow. Definite therapist goals to bring Mm, really quality content out into the world in a way that is digestible and then even to write a book on it. So she wrote a literal book on boundaries and she defines a boundary as something that you need in a relationship to feel safe and secure and supported. 
And you have to communicate it. Hmm. So you either communicate that verbally or you communicate it through an action. That is a boundary. Even that I feel like doesn't totally capture what it is. I was thinking the same thing. And you know me, always challenging things. Mm -hmm. So great definition, super oversimplified. Right. And with a definition like that, great. But man, there's 85,000 ways that could go wrong. Mm -hmm. And why I think I see so much frustration within my office Mm -hmm. about, well, I set a boundary or I told somebody I didn't like that and they're not respecting it, Mm -hmm. but it's what I need. And what I find is we very much overemphasize the word boundary and what it is and the importance, but we don't really talk about, okay, so how do you actually set that boundary and identify you need to and what to do when nobody respects it because nine out of 10 times they're not going to. Yeah, definitely. So I think the first part of that is basically we have to identify what it is that we need and we want. And the idea of a boundary involves the idea that once we identify what we need and what we want, we get to choose. Mm -hmm. We get to draw, I don't know, I like to imagine a little force field around ourselves and say, inside this little force field, inside this little area of the universe that I get to claim as my own, I get to choose. Mm -hmm. I get to choose how I spend my time. I get to choose how I spend my emotions. I get to choose who gets to come in and who has to stay out. I get to choose how to run my life. Yeah. And I communicate that to other people Mm -hmm. and then that's it. So I, I think part of the problem with this concept is that a lot of us don't know what we need or want. Yes. Brilliantly stated. How do you even come to terms with or identify what you need. Mm -hmm. I think when we talk about this fast-paced society that we're living in and that constant go, 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 it takes time to sit and actually reflect on what works for us and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I find that women really, really struggle with this of just trying to keep up with a pace that they almost lose themselves in the process and then burn out and get really frustrated. Totally. And that's often when we try to set boundaries in that kind of burnout zone when that becomes problematic because we're already tired and burnt out. So to maintain a boundary is exhausting by that point. Right. Along those same lines, a lot of times we focus on, you know, this person does this and I need to put up a boundary to keep them out. When really, we have to identify how we're feeling, what we need. And a lot of times that starts with having some boundaries for ourselves, with ourselves. The person I have the biggest problem with is me, like (laughs) on a regular basis. (laughs) For example, maybe one of the things that I need to know about myself is that I need a sufficient amount of sleep. And newsflash to everybody out there, you also need a sufficient amount of sleep. 100%. That whole concept of you can sleep when you're dead, it is just not accurate. If you don't sleep, you are going to be dead. (laughs) Right. So you are a person that lives in a body. That body requires a minimum of seven, but ideally eight hours of sleep every single night. Honestly, our bodies set boundaries with and for us sometimes. We violate them all the time. So this is one of the things that I know that I need. And I know that when I don't get enough sleep, I'm not a happy girl. Mm -mm. I'm actually probably not that nice to be around. And so something that I might identify is I need eight hours of sleep every single night. And some of the things that I would put up around that would be, 
I have to split the end of day responsibilities with my partner Mm -hmm. so that I do not stay up too late taking care of it. Or I will not return emails after 8.30 at night because if I do that, it keeps me awake, right? And it starts with me. Mm -hmm. What do I want? What do I need? How can I get the thing that I want and need? And then sometimes I have to communicate it to myself first. Like, hi, self, we have a problem. You keep doing the same thing over and over and you need Mm -hmm. to stop doing that because you're not able to get what you want and need. And then after that, we start to communicate them with other people. Yes. Maybe it's then unapologetically setting a do not disturb on my phone and I don't answer texts after this point. And if someone comes at me and wants to challenge that, then I can say, that's just a thing that I do. Exactly. Boundary set. I actually have a bedtime setting mm-hmm. on my phone and it's just set on weekdays to go on at a certain time. And, and it just is. I think where it becomes hard for people, myself included, is the pushback. Well, why? Why does it go on so early? Right. Well, what if blah, 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 or oh, come on, you're so young. Why do you need to go to bed so right. early? Right. So we, I think we set these boundaries for ourselves, but expect pushback right? and know that sometimes that pushback is curiosity. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it just is there don't agree with the boundary that we're setting. And it puts us into this position where we do have to defend the boundary we are setting. Right. And I think we need to expect to defend right. them. I agree. In this example, the boundary that we set is for us, by us, and doesn't require any sort of communication. It's just a thing. And then you got to communicate when it's challenged. Some other boundaries might automatically include other people. Give us an example. Oh, this is a good one. I had some people in my circle in my life who always wanted to talk about weight. Mm. Without fail, we have a visit. You're talking about weight. You're talking about diet. You're talking about who put on weight. You're talking about who took off weight. Can't eat that. Mm -hmm. I do eat that. I Mm -hmm. won't eat that. Look, I get it. Believe me, it's not as if I don't think about these things. It's not as if I don't talk about them. I just choose not to let that be a part of the conversation around me when it causes me distress and always around my children. No. Yes. I don't discuss this around my children. It's a hard boundary to draw, but it's important. It is. I have a history, as most of us do with our own bodies, right? I have done a thousand diets. I will probably be trying to figure out how to make this body work until the day that I die, hopefully in a more and more loving and integrated way, You know, hopefully with a lot of growth. Mm -hmm. For me, let's just bring it full circle. Talking about dieting is triggering. Ooh, triggering. Buzzword. I don't like it. And so the way I could identify that was that, especially with this certain group of people, when you bring this up, it makes me feel yucky. Yeah. And so we had to communicate that really clearly. So the point where we had to say, this is a topic that comes up. It's a no-go for us. And if it comes up again, we will not come. Good for you. No, tell me though, what was the response? Probably defensive. Mm-hmm. So defense from the place of they were trying to defend why they were talking about it? Yeah. Okay. Also like feeling that as criticism, oh, as if sure. I were saying that I am criticizing you for talking about this. To be honest, I am a little bit. I felt like it was inappropriate, Mm -hmm. but my boundary wasn't I get to choose what you talk about. 
my boundary was if you talk about this thing around me and especially around my children, we will be removing ourselves from the situation. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you that this is a no go for me. And this is one of those cases where it worked. That's awesome. I know. It was kind of unexpected. That became a thing. You know what, though? I think a really important part of that boundary is there wasn't an overfocus on other people, right? It was right. about you. And I do think when we put it in terms mm-hmm. of us, right? This is about me. It's not about you. It's about me. It can mitigate right. that defense. Right. You're going to get it naturally because in our culture, I think everybody's right. so defensive right. all the time, but it can mitigate it. It's no, don't defend yours. I'm just telling you what I can and cannot be right. around. What can and cannot come into my little bubble, this little zone that I own. Yes. And I get to set the boundaries around what's okay with my kids Yeah, because my job as their mom is to keep them safe. And this is something that I've determined is not safe and it's not allowed. We don't talk about bodies like that. Yeah. Now, this was an example where it went pretty well. And to be honest, I've never been happier for doing something like that because then this is part of the purpose of setting a boundary. It allowed a relationship to continue because my other options were don't say anything. This is a constant issue and I hate being around people having this conversation. Mm -hmm. And maybe I hate it so much, we don't go. Yeah. But I got to say, this is a deal breaker for me. If this comes up, we're out. You meant it. You weren't overly dramatic about it. You weren't flailing your arms in the air. It was just very confident in what you were saying. And I think people read that. It's like, okay. And it was outside of the moment. That is so important. Yes, it is. Because talk about being defensive. Okay, we're a family that we drink, not like wildly, but like having a glass of wine is totally normal for us. Mm -hmm. But maybe somebody else has, I'm not around people who are using any sort of substances and they have their own reason for that. Well, if they never Mm -hmm. say that and I like pop a beer and they're like, boundary violation. (laughs) That's not really how people talk, but they get mad. You know, it's in the moment. And there's nothing that I can do because I didn't know. Right. That creates conflict and chaos. And honestly, it feels pretty shitty for all sides, right? Oh, for sure. Well, it feels judgmental. And that's such a big piece. When we don't set a boundary, like actually firmly set that boundary, and then somebody does something that you feel crosses that boundary and you kind of flip out. And it's like, well, wait a minute. I don't know what is and what isn't. We have to be kind of direct about what works and what doesn't work. You know, where it's kind of a cop-out, I'll be honest. But one of my favorite ways to draw boundaries is to leave group texts. I get really emotionally connected about certain topics and certain things. And I just can't be a part of it. You guys do you. I can't do it. Yeah. And that's such a great point, Jess, is that sometimes we just communicate a boundary through our actions. You don't have to change everything going on around you. No. You can just say, I opt out. And you don't even have to say, I opt out. Mm -hmm. You just opt out. You just opt out. It's really quite freeing, actually, when you do something like that. You know, the first time I did it, I was surprised by the response from the standpoint of people saying, did we upset you? Mm -hmm. I was surprised by more the concern versus criticism. And then it allowed me just to say, this is not good for my mental health. It's kind of like I always say that my husband could probably have the news on in the background all day and not Mm -hmm. even be affected. I would be like a blubbering mess if I did that. Another self-boundary. I have to learn how this impacts me, right? 
For a lot of people, myself included, over-consuming the news leads to me being super activated, super distressed, Mm because I honestly do not believe that we as humans were meant to be able to soak up the distress and the anger of the entire world at all times. And that's what we have right now. We used to be this little tiny community. Someone would get, I don't know, what was that disease that they always got on Oregon Trail? Oh, girl, you are going back. I don't remember. I don't even remember what I, I know, did but last that's, week. It'll come to me. It'll come to me. Someone would get that Oregon Trail disease, and then you'd take care of that person. One person would die. One person would be born. Tragedy would happen, but in limited amount. And then, of course, you had the community to come together around you. Now it is just inundation with every bad thing that's ever happened and all the anger and all the interpretation and all the divisiveness. And given that, I can recognize I don't feel well when I do this, or yeah. I don't feel well when I'm on social media. I don't. Absolutely. There are parts of it that I like, and there are parts of it that are beneficial, but I have to tune into myself and say, hey, maybe a boundary I set with and for myself is I'm just not doing that this week, mm-hmm. or I only do it at certain times of the day, or I get on with a purpose, or I use a timer. These are all ways that we can check in with ourselves. And so that's really where it starts, right? I notice what's happening to me. I'm curious about why. Mm -hmm. And when there's distress, whether it's with something I'm doing or something someone else is doing, I almost always identify a boundary because of distress. Then I say, how could I change this? And then I communicate it. Mm -hmm. And I think that last part is part that we lost especially during COVID years where we were all so friggin' activated all the time and all the stakes felt really high. We'd never been more divided as a people. And so we'd cling to what we wanted and what we needed. And that was fair, but also like sometimes maybe in an aggressive way where we didn't want to talk it out or we didn't want to say, I understand that this is what you need and that's really hard for me. Or I understand that this is what you need and I need something different. And so how are we going to navigate that? We just stopped doing that. We really did. We became very, very Mm -hmm. reactive and very, very defensive. And over time, it has led to, and what I see is you can't ask questions anymore. Or if you try to ask a question about something, the person get myself included, this has happened with me, right? Really defensive about Mm -hmm. it. And it's also being able to say, well, hold on, sometimes people just want to understand. Mm -hmm. And it's not a lack of respect for, it's just, wow, I don't understand that. Right. And the amount that we're willing to discuss the choices that we make varies depending on the relationship, and it should. Mm -hmm. I don't have to discuss my choices with every person in the world. I don't. No. One boundary that I set early on as a counselor is that I only see clients at certain times of day. Oh yeah, same. Mm -hmm. People will ask all the time, can I see you at night? And when I was younger as a counselor, I'd say, sure, no problem. Oh, you want to see me on the weekend? You want to see me every other Tuesday after a full moon? You want to see me at eight o'clock in the night or in the morning on a day that I don't work? Sure, 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 right? Then for a while, I got through the phase of apologizing. Oh, the apologies. And this is something that we do a lot as women. So I'd go like, okay, I set my schedule. I set my schedule. I'd say, okay, work from eight to three. Someone would say, can I see you at five? And I used to say, oh, I'm sorry, but I don't see clients at five anymore. And this is because of this and it's because of that. And I was over explaining. 
Part of that was because I was afraid just naturally as someone who's been a people pleaser in the past that if I had said no, other people would be feeling some sort of way about it. The truth was most people don't care. Totally. And I didn't owe them an explanation. So now the phrase that my own wise therapist taught me and that I use frequently is unfortunately. So I just say, unfortunately, that time is not available. And I feel like fucking king of the world. (laughs) I am such a boss. I know what I want. Yeah. I set my schedule. I noticed that every time I violated my set schedule, I felt resentful. I felt burnt out. I was distressed. So I really honed in. I didn't apologize. And because it didn't require some sort of explanation from me, I just lay it out there. And guess what? 99 times out of 100, literally nothing happens. It can work. It does work. Where I see people struggle, though, is if they Mm -hmm. have been a people pleaser or they have been, oh gosh, my women in the corporate setting, Mm -hmm. we talk a lot about this. So if you've always been the yes girl, yes, I can do that. Yes, I can do that. And then all of a sudden you draw this boundary of no, I can't. I see then the woman get really angry that it's not respected. And we, we have to break that down a little bit to say, well, wait a minute, If you've always been the people pleaser, if you've always been the one to bend over backwards and all of a sudden you're not, people are going to be very confused by that. doesn't mean that you shouldn't set the boundary, but it does mean that you're going to likely have to set it over and over and over and over again, simply because past behaviors have conditioned people to think a certain thing or a certain way. Right. And we're switching that up where it's, I don't understand what's happening here. And that's what I see with boundaries is people thinking they say it once and it's going to be respected. And I always give the example of little kids. How many times does a child push a boundary? Infinity. (laughs) Infinity, right? Can I have dessert? Can I have dessert before dinner? Can I have this? And as a mother, we almost expect like, okay, I'm going to have to tell this child a hundred times that no, they cannot do that before eventually they stop asking. But it takes a really long time. Right. And I do believe we have to kind of normalize that we kind of have to do the same thing with boundaries sometimes. Right. You have to set that boundary a hundred times sometimes with the same person in order for it to be respected. Definitely. So you have to know what it is. You have to be really super Mm -hmm. strong in it. And then you just got to leave it there. Right. If I set the boundary for work that I don't answer emails after this certain time, then the only way that I can teach other people what to expect from me, especially if it's been a change, is that I just don't do it. Yeah. I don't do it. And that will help people to learn over time, oh, she always answers emails the next morning. For sure. Right? And it takes time to change that. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's always, oh, my boss got so mad at me because I didn't respond to the email. Okay. But do you usually respond to emails after 10? Well, yes, I have. Okay. Well, they're conditioned to think you're going to right, right, wrong or the other. It's not about that. It's just about if you usually do, then it starts becoming that expectation. So start to change that. Turn on your bedtime. (laughs) So you don't get the notification because if you're like me, I have a very hard time not responding to something if I see it. Mm -hmm. So I have to, that is a boundary I have to set with myself of automatically having something go on so that I don't see it. 
Yeah. So there are times where our behavior has taught somebody something to expect from us, right? Like I always bring dessert to the family gathering. I always say, sure, I can drive you there. Or yes, I can lend the money or whatever. Like we've taught someone what to expect from us and we identify that we're unhappy, we're resentful, we feel yucky. So we want to make a change, Mm -hmm. especially when it's a change. Just know that you might have to communicate that directly. I used to think, and I actually still love this idea, but it doesn't totally work in practice, that you never want to, the acronym was JADE, to justify, argue, defend, or explain. I still think that this is true for the most part, but sometimes we do have to explain. I don't have to convince you that this is right because I know what I'm going to do. And this is just a thing, but I might give you a heads up. You know, if I always make lunch for my kids before school, and then one day I'm like, I'm not making lunches anymore because this is causing me a lot of distress. I don't have enough time to do it. They're old enough to do it right. I have all my reasons. And I'm going to make that change. I sure as shit better tell them, hey, guys, mom's not making your lunches anymore. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they're going to be like, where's my lunch, right? Where's my lunch? Right. Not because they are challenging my boundary, but just because they don't know. They don't understand. Right. It's okay to say, hey, guys, I'm making this change. I'm not making the lunches anymore. You guys are more than capable. You know what's supposed to be in there. You can do it Mm -hmm. right after school. And then I follow it up by like not doing it. Yes. And as parents, we go back on our word all the time. Let's be honest. Like uh, my kids aren't going to starve if I had set that boundary. Like I'd probably friggin' make the lunch sometimes. I don't know. But we try, right? And that's part of it too is you don't have to do this perfectly. Mm -hmm. Maybe you say to yourself, I don't have any margin to donate to whatever the school is doing or to volunteer for this or that, right? And so I set this internally with myself. I'm just not going to say yes to those things that I'm asked to do it. I say yes. And I'm like, shit, I just ruined my own boundary. And we can get really like self-critical. Oh, why did I do that? You always do this. I shouldn't have done this. And on one hand, we can say, I'm not always going to get it right on the first time. And on the other hand, you can change what you say. Yes, you can. Right. Even just saying, you know what? I signed up to attend the Valentine's Day party this year, and unfortunately, I can't make that work, and I need to unsign up. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. That can happen because we are continually doing this. And it's funny with boundaries, right? Because I was thinking about how uncomfortable it can feel or how we've been conditioned, some of us, to feel guilty about it, Mm -hmm. right? If you've ever been told you were selfish. Mm. That need to defend sometimes comes from within versus Mm -hmm. external forces. And, Mm -hmm. you know, an example of it would be when you and I were going back and forth about when to set our recording time. Mm -hmm. And I caught myself in it, not until after when I was reflecting on it, when I said, I need to wait till this time. And I didn't just leave it, I justified it right Mm -hmm. after Mm -hmm. because in the morning, this is what I like to do. And it's really important to me and I'm not going to let it go. Like I went into this whole defense and it wasn't until after that I realized, wow, I was defending something that wasn't even receiving pushback. It was my own own inner, it was, right. but I reflected on it later. It was my own discomfort with saying, I can't do it at that time. Can we do it 
a little bit later. Right. It made me so uncomfortable to say that. Right. And I really had to sit with, wait a minute, that's not about the other person. That's about me and my discomfort with saying, no, can we do this time instead? Right. And I think with boundaries that comes up, sometimes it's our own discomfort versus pushback from the other person. So true. This is a big topic. It's a really important topic for us, especially I think as women, because we are conditioned in a lot of ways to, I don't know, go at such a pace, take on so much from the time that we first have babies and like we don't get to sleep or like go to the bathroom when we need Hmm. to or eat, you know because we're taking care of them. We just, we're so conditioned to just keep going with whatever is in front of us that I think it's hard for us to stop and identify what we need, what we want, what makes us feel stressed out or resentful, and to start to take steps to identify like, how could this be different for me? And it's good work. It's important work. And then how can I communicate? Well, but clearly- Yes. How can I let people know in a way that's balanced? You know, this is a work in progress. Even therapists who talk Mm. to other people about this all day long feel stressed out trying to communicate well with other people. And it's going to be something we have to work on. Yeah. And it's going to be a topic that we discuss over and over and over and over and over again on this podcast, because boundaries truly do present themselves in so many different ways in our day-to-day lives. Absolutely. Well, hopefully we've made a little bit of sense around what a boundary actually is, how you identify that you need one, and some of the ones that we have in our own lives. And the conversation will continue. Yes, it will. I think I will end by saying Two women out there struggling to set their own boundaries, maintain them, reaffirming, know that there are two women who just happen to be therapists who also struggle with that as well. Mm -hmm. The struggle is real. It's a good struggle. And we're going to figure this out together. Speaking of boundaries... One of the boundaries that I'm trying to hold for myself right now is I'm trying to make sure that I only take in content that helps me feel normal, feel like I'm good enough already, feel like I'm pretty much just like everybody else, and we're in this together. And if you're listening to this show, we hope that you feel that way right now. Listen, if you love Honest Women, the best way that you can help support the show is to leave us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. So if you haven't done so already, please take a minute to do so now. Until next week, hang in there, ladies. You got this. You've been listening to Honest Women.